Hello, everybody. Welcome once again as we continue on in the study we're doing called Naturally Supernatural. We're 11 weeks in uh, this week, and uh, um, this is a series where we're looking at Jesus as our model for life and ministry. Um, and we're, we're looking at encounters that he has throughout the book of John to help us figure out what it looks like. And so it's uh, hopefully going to be something that you find very helpful and we'll, as we move towards the end of this, we still probably got four or five weeks left, we'll talk about um, making it even more practical in our lives. But before we do, you know, a few weeks ago, maybe four weeks ago, I got into a series of elephant jokes and they were, they were really bad. You know, it started with the school kids and everything and then follow-ups and then for the last couple of weeks I haven't told any jokes and now people are saying, what, are we done with jokes? And uh, so I feel the pressure, you know, and so I... Uh, I don't, I've got a few. I guess it's time again. So, and these are more like thought-provoking things than actual jokes. Um, so here we go. So which burns longer, a six-inch candle or an eight-inch candle? Neither. They both burn shorter. See, I, he's supposed to thank you for your support. Yeah. <laughs> if a butcher is six feet tall and has size 11 feet, what does he weigh? Meat. He's a butcher. <laughs> no? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Don't hate me. <laughs> well, last one, last one. <laughs> Everybody go, thank you. I got it. And see, you think this is bad. I got to do these three more times. What was the highest mountain before Mount Everest was discovered? Mount Everest. It's always been the highest mountain just because people hadn't found it. All right, never mind. Okay, moving on. Now, see, you wonder why I take breaks from those things. This series is all about living naturally supernatural lives. And um, Jesus, our model, he's humanity as God intended it to be. And so we look to him, we understand that uh, um, we have the same resources available to us in prayer and the Word and the Holy Spirit. And in order to do what he did, which we know is, is scriptural, um, we've been talking about uh, thinking like he thought, seeing like he saw, serving like he served, and loving like he loved. And we've been looking at lots of encounters along the way where, where we could see Jesus do these things with Nicodemus in John 3, with the woman at the well in John 4, with the man um, who, uh, at the pool of Bethesda who was healed in John 5, the feeding of the 5,000 in John 6, the woman uh, caught in adultery in John 8, the man born blind in John 9. Uh, then we talked about the Last Supper and uh, Jesus washing his disciples' feet. And then we talked about him um, introducing communion and, and we used the marriage analogies and we looked at all sorts of stuff in that process. Uh, and then uh, last week, um, we, we talked about um, the fruit of the Spirit and, and what that looks like and that he's the vine and we're the branches and that, that God's the gardener and that he wants disciples who bear fruit. Well, today, um, I want to talk about one of the three resources that um, is available to us, that was available to Jesus, and, and that is um, the Holy Spirit. 
Jesus introduces him to his disciples in these chapters in, in John 14 and 15, the ones we've been into the last couple of weeks. He introduces him as the counselor, as the spirit of truth, or as the Holy Spirit. And so what I want to do uh, in our brief time together here today is talk about him, the Holy Spirit. Scripture reading for today is John 14, 15 through 17, and this is in the NIV, and it says this. If you love me, Jesus said, you will obey what I command. And I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And blessed be the word of the Lord. Now, um, there's no way we can cover in the brief time that we have today all that there is about the person and the work of the Holy Spirit. But I want to make seven points uh, about him and his ministry today and, and how it impacts us. Um, so we're, we're talking about a, a part of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and what that looks like, and that, that what the Holy Spirit's ministry is like and, and how we relate to him. So first point today is we're going to talk about the indwelling, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Now when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. Jesus said he would give us another counselor to be with us forever. And he said he will be in you. In 1 Corinthians 6, 19 and 20, Paul says this, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. Now, that price is, is the cross. And when we looked at our message two weeks ago about communion and, and the bride price being extended and Jesus you know, paying the bride price at the cross with his own life, that's the price that we're talking about. Um, and you know, so much uh, hinges in that analogy. If you didn't um, listen to or see Naturally Supernatural 9, go and watch it on the internet or listen to it. It's very important that you get those pictures um, for they impact so many things that we do. Here, Paul is referencing that whole process, this, this price. It's, it's, the, it's the price that Jesus paid at the cross, but it's, it's deeper. We know it's deeper talking about the whole analogy that happened in, in, along in the way. In Romans 8 and 9, Paul says this, You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. So if you belong to Christ, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, He lives in you. So the Holy Spirit lives in you. When you come to Christ, He comes and He dwells in you. And that's, that's basic stuff. You need to understand that. That's something that, that as believers we all need to understand. That in, in having accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit now dwells in us. He lives in us in us. Jesus refers to him as, and this is the second point, the spirit of truth in those, those first verses. The spirit of truth. Um, and it's just another name for the Holy Spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit does is he reveals divine truth to us. 1 Corinthians 2, 9 and 11. However, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared 
for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Holy Spirit um, reveals truth to us. He helps us to see truth as we read and study his word. He's, he's able to open things up to us in a way that, that we cannot perceive without his help. He illuminates the scripture. He makes it come to life. I don't know how many of you ever had the experience of reading the Bible before you came to know Jesus. But I did. Um, and, and I tried several times to make sense of the Bible before I knew Jesus. I, um, I have a long story about th that whole process. But I had this Bible that somebody gave me. As a, so I didn't grow up in a Christian home. My first real encounter with anything about Jesus was um, with this guy named Bob Miller when I was 19, and he started to begin to talk to me a little bit about, about Jesus, and, and, uh, and then he would invite me over to his home with his family and, and have me for dinner with his wife and children, and I was really rough. It was pretty cool. Um, he's the guy that shared with me a sandwich at lunch. If you've never heard that story, that's why we always have food here. Um, Bob Miller saw me. I, I was working on this power plant, and, and I, I, would, I, I was on my own, and I would just eat dinner, and that would get me through for a day. That's how I kind of live life. And I used to power eat at this pizza hut that had a buffet every night for four fifty, and uh, I would hurt them. And, and then that would have to keep me going <laughs> until the next day. So maybe none of you have ever lived like that. Anyway, I was young. And uh, so I was sitting there at lunch, and one day he, he saw that I didn't have anything to eat. He said, you don't have any lunch? I said, no, no, I'm okay. And he had two sandwiches, so he gave me one. And then I thought that was really cool, you know? And then the next day he brought three sandwiches so he could give me one. The first day was a big sacrifice. <laughs> the second day was really kind <laughs> and still a sacrifice on him for providing me a sandwich. But he gave me a sandwich. And in, in that simple act, see, we do kindness and the stuff we do, that simple act of generosity, he gained my ear. And, and uh, because I was just like, I, I wasn't in any of that stuff. Anyway, he started to talk to me. He had me over to his house numerous times, and, and uh, uh, he gave me this Bible. See, I'm doing this story anyway. Well, and at the end, he, he really, at some point, we had this very serious encounter. We spent all night telling me about Jesus after I'd gotten to know him. And he got me up to the point of having to say yes or no. Uh, and I said no. And... Um, uh, he, he, he said, okay, and he handed me his Bible. It's this great, big, thick Bible that he'd had for years, a big one like this. And he said, well, will you take this? I said, sure, I'll take that. And, uh, and you know, the next five or six years of my life were, were rough in all sorts of ways, but that Bible seemed to stick with me. I remember losing just about everything over that period of time, but this Bible was always around. And every now and again, I would pick it up and I would try and read it. And, and I just start, you know, thinking there's got to be something in here, and it just never made sense to me. Just, yeah, okay, that's not going to work. When I came to Christ, though, and gave my life to him, the next time I picked up a Bible, it was completely different. And, and it, what happens is then the Holy Spirit's in you, and he starts making this stuff pop in your brain in ways that you couldn't before, and it begins to make sense. And, you, and it's, I still have that experience. I've read through the Bible many, many times now. And every time I read it, uh, something else will just pop up that I didn't see before, and it's fascinating. And it's, it's one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing in our lives. See, he's in us, and when we're, when we're you know, doing the things that we should be doing, and one of them is reading the Word, he takes that time and he makes things become alive to us. 
And it's, it's part of this revelatory part of his ministry that he reveals divine truth to us. And so that's one of the things he does. Now, third point, um, I want to talk about yielding to the Holy Spirit. Yielding to the Holy Spirit. I said earlier that when a, when a person accepts Christ, the Holy Spirit comes into and indwells their lives permanently. But the Bible also talks about being um, habitually filled with the Holy Spirit. And it, it makes it so that it's, there's, there's, a, there's a difference between um, the Holy Spirit indwelling us and being filled with the Spirit and the language. Um, so the Holy Spirit indwells us when we accept Jesus, but we're continually filled by Him as we yield our lives to Him. And that's part of the process. See, he's there, but it's recognizing he's there and then learning to yield and to cooperate with him that, that we are being filled then routinely by him. Ephesians 5.18 says, Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. So that word, the, the verb, it's a verb, be filled. It means to fill up a deficiency, to fully possess, to fully influence to fill with a certain quality. And it's written, and this is, but you can hear, in the present passive imperative. So what it means, in effect, is keep on being filled. That's what it means. It means in our lives, we're to keep on being filled by the Holy Spirit. He's already in us. He's, he, he lives in us. But we're to keep on being filled by Him. Um, and, and what that looks like is what we touched on last week and what we talk about all the time. What that looks like is living by doing the next right thing. Because that's yielding to him. That's, that's allowing him to, to help lead and guide you. It's looking to him in decisions that we make. It's looking for his direction. And it's, it's becoming more and more um, you know, spirit-led and, and being more spirit-filled as we, as we move into that process. Um, you know, As we do, we talked about that the fruit of the spirit is developed in our lives, which is what we're really looking for. You know, we want to be people who are recognized as fruit-bearing disciples. That's what God's looking for. And, and we want to develop and have this fruit of the Spirit developed in us. And it's in this process of continually yielding to Him. And in, in so doing, we're being filled by Him um, habitually. It's something we continually do. We want more of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And, we, and that happens because He's already in us. But, but in, in the way that it happens is we're... We're getting less of us going and more of him. Still in a naturally supernatural way. That's very important. And, and so the, the Spirit keeps on developing this fruit in us. Now, not only does he do that, and there's other things, and there's lots of stuff that the Holy Spirit's doing in us, but I, I only had room for a few. But I wanted to, to hit some of the highlights. Fourth point is, is he helps us to live as witnesses. Remember, we've talked about this a lot we're called to be his ambassadors. This is a, a big part of our, our mission. We talk about our mission here being, you know, one more. Getting one more lost child back to dad. And that to do that, we need to be able to tell people about who Jesus is. Now, we go to great lengths to get them to a place where they're ready to present the message. But, but um, you know, ultimately the radical message that we have is what helps them to come to know Christ and move into the process. Acts 1.8 says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So, so the Holy Spirit comes, 
And he empowers us to be the ambassadors that we've been called to be, um, to, to live as witnesses for him, not just with our words, we've talked about that, but with our lives. See, if, the, if, the, if it's not a package, it doesn't have much impact. If you have words without a life that backs it up, people don't hear your words. They just dismiss them. But if you're bringing a life that's being impacted by the Holy Spirit yourself, and then you, you bring the words, the power uh, of the word of God, the gospel, the truth of the message, people can hear that, and that's what they can respond to. And that allows us to be witnesses. So we're, we're living this thing out as well as talking about it. We can't do one without the other. Another thing he does, and this is the fifth point in your notes, is that he helps us in our worship. He helps us in our worship. Philippians 3.3 3. For it is we who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus and who put no confidence in the flesh. One of the things that the, the Holy Spirit does for us is that he reminds us all the time of our dependence on God. And he encourages us to be expectant as we worship and, and to be humble in our responsiveness. But see, he's, um, our worship of God, we want to sometimes shrink worship down to being um, just when we sing to him. And that's a part of worship. But worship encompasses singing, it encompasses the word, it encompasses um, our prayer times together. I believe worship encompasses lots of what we do in relationship, that, that when we get together and eat, it's, um, believe it or not, it's all part of worship. And, and that, um, that the Holy Spirit reminds us of our dependence on God in all these areas. And so he's, he's with us and he helps us in our worship so that we don't ever get to the place where we're just showing up and putting in time. Um, we're worshiping God. We went out and, and blessed the community today with a car wash. It was worship to be out there, to go and be part of what God is doing is something that we extend to God. It's, if he's not in it, I don't want to do it. Um, it's, it's, it's worship. See, and the Holy Spirit helps us to, to understand it. He helps us to understand that, that when we're singing to the Lord, it's more than just singing. It's worship. It's a Him. It's all about Him. When, when we spend time in the Word, it's more than just what He's doing in us with the Word. It's about Him. And, and the Holy Spirit constantly reminding us of, of these things in, our, in the process. Number six, He also helps us in our prayers. He helps us in our prayers. Ephesians 6.18 And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayer and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. With this in mind. That the, the Spirit, again, is reminding us, even in our prayers, of our dependence on God. Um, that, that we get in trouble anytime we, we start thinking that we can do it without Him. Anytime that we think we can do it apart from God, we end up in pretty big trouble. And, and we get lax in our, in our prayers and everything. That it, prayer is a vital part of our lives. And the Holy Spirit reminds us of that, that we need to pray about things, that we need to connect with God, that, that um, we're, we're not wired to do this stuff apart from Him. It's all about being in Him, and prayer is part of the process. It was what we read in John 15, the vine and the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And so, so we're, we stay connected in prayer. The Holy Spirit helps us in our prayer. He helps us in, in, in our time in the Word. He helps us in these things. He helps us in developing fruit. 
See, he's in us and he's helping us. And the more that we yield to him, the more he's able to help us. The more stubborn we get and the more on our own we get, the, he doesn't give up. Just I, we're, Most of us are pretty stubborn anyway. Right? <laughs> yeah. So he's there when we, we're not even sure how to pray. He helps us in our prayer. And then last point for today is that he provides us with supernatural power. Um, part of being naturally supernatural is understanding that the Holy Spirit gives us supernatural power to enable the ministry that we've been given. And this is often displayed in the spiritual gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 1-7. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore I tell you that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says Jesus be cursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Now, we have taught at length here on the spiritual gifts um, in, in studies and throughout. There's some up on the website now where I, I look through them and, and we go through them and we talk about them. And we're, we're studying again during the week, 1 Corinthians, and so they'll pop up where we'll talk about them again there. Um, but I, I'd like to say, though, that sometimes we get a little confused about the spiritual gifts. See, the, the gifts that the Spirit manifests in us are given for the common good. See, they're given to be used for others. And they are not a reason for us to get puffed up, which is what happens, by the way, to the church in Corinth. Um, they're a gift from the Spirit. And, and people should not be exalted because of their gifts or giftedness. And sometimes we get sidetracked. Because we look at people who appear very gifted in certain ways, and we, we sometimes um, we allow them uh, positions or, or things that they have that they shouldn't have. Because if you, if you really need to do anything, and I said this Wednesday night, you, you should never be looking at a person's gifts to, 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 to see kind of where their walk is. You should be looking at their fruit. Um, We've got to be careful about being judgmental, but, but I said this Wednesday night, I meant it. We are allowed to inspect fruit. And, and uh, a person's fruit needs to match up with their talk. Um, and if it doesn't, that's, that's when you need to be careful. But sometimes we, we allow people that are very gifted to um, move into situations that they just shouldn't. Because we get, we get caught up in that sidetrack by that, and we need to be very careful. And so, uh, if anything, if we're, if we're looking at that, it, it's the, the, spirit, uh, the fruit of the Spirit that's being developed in people is, is what we need to be looking at in people's walks with Christ. Um, in, in the Corinthian church, and we saw this, a lot of people were gifted with extravagant and amazing gifts, and they, they got out of context because they began to get puffed up in the way that God would use them. And the gifts aren't about the person who operates in them, they're about who's ever being ministered to with them. And so the, the gifts of the Spirit are cool, um, but they're, they're for the people that we are ministering to. The, the end result is about who we're ministering to. Uh, 
And so we, we have to hold that in context when, when we talk about being naturally supernatural. See, sometimes if you get it out of context, you stop, the, the natural part slips out. And we become, um, if we're not careful, we become, um, uh, I'm trying to put it very carefully, these words. We can't impact the world around us because they can write us off as being sort of insane because we lose balance. And when you look at the ministry of the new church, you don't see it that way. They were, they were out there ministering to people with all of the gifts, but it was, it was done in a way that, that people could respond to and, and they moved into. So I just want to be careful how I say that. We, we, we just want to... When we talk about being naturally supernatural, I want you to know that the gifts of the Spirit are available to you as believers. And that sometimes we think, oh, I have this gift or I have that gift. Um, and, and the understanding I'd like for you to, to really pray about is that God will use you and whatever gift is needed for the person that you're going to minister to, He will allow that to manifest itself in you for that moment. So if you're, if you're with someone who needs a, a, a word of some sort, that you might all of a sudden operate in a, in a word of knowledge, and then once you've given it, you're done. I get sometimes words like that, but I can't tell you it happens all the time. It happens when it needs to happen. Um, I, I, you know, certain things will happen at certain times where I know a, I prayed for someone, and I'll pray for healing for anyone. Sometimes I'll feel that there's something extra at that moment, and I feel like that's a gift of healing. Sometimes I'll, I'll have something to speak into somebody, and I'll know that that came from God. It was as wisdom or knowledge or something, but it's, it's not all I can't tell you. It always happens. I wish it did. I get frustrated sometimes, because sometimes I go, oh, I'm going to pray for this person, and I'll get out there, and I got nothing. And I'm like, is it me? And I just realize, no, and I, so I can just minister love to that person then. But sometimes something happens. When it does, I want to respond to it. But I don't want to be in a position where I've got to make it happen. Or I've got to think if something doesn't happen, I've missed the boat. I don't know God. He does things differently all the time. Just read the book. It's never the same. And so we, we, I want us to be available, or make ourselves available to what the Spirit of God wants to do in us but that, that we do it in a way that allows our mission to, to keep coming to fruit. That, that we can keep grabbing one more, lost one, back to dad. And that we'll use what the Spirit gives us to make it happen. And that uh, I, I often think of it this way. When, when we're out there doing ministry, being naturally supernatural, you know, it's like wearing a tool belt. Um, um, and there's no tools in the belt. You've got a belt for all the tools, but you've got no tools in it. And then whatever you need a tool for pops into your belt just as you need it. So, so like imagine if you were a plumber and you went out with no tools, but as you're plumbing, you need a, a crescent wrench. You didn't come with any, but you reach into your pocket and, and your tool belt, and there's a crescent wrench, exactly what you needed, and you use that and you put it away, and you don't need that anymore. Now you need some plumber's tape or whatever, you know, that white stuff. I don't even know what they call it. And, you, you, and, and, and there it is, and then it's, see, and you just, oh, now I need, you know, I need this. I need a caulking gun, and boom, there it is, because you needed it. See, I think that, that this is way more how God wants us to operate in the gifts, that, that we don't set ourselves up, well, I have this gift or that gift, and that's it. I think that, it, you know, it's the Spirit gives them each one as he had need, that, that the need is for the person that we're going to, and if you're just willing to be a vessel, then he'll, he'll use you. But it's not all the time. It's just when he needs to use you, and if you say yes, and he says okay. 
and, and those, how that stuff happens. And so I, you know, this is the, the, the thoughts, I, this is what I want you to be praying about and listen to because that's how he uses us. See, so that then when we're out in the community and we meet people, because at the end of this thing, I'm going to make it very practical, not today, but in the future. And you'll see someone, and I, what is going to happen is God's going to let you know that that person needs something. They're going to need something. You can tell. You can see it if you're looking for it. They're going to need an encouragement, a prayer, healing, or something. And we're going we're gonna to learn to approach them and be able to do that in a natural enough way that they can receive it and yet be impacted in a supernatural way. See, that's what this whole life is about. That's what, that's what we need to do in this world. And he's going to help us in the process. I'm convinced of it. All this groundwork is getting us there. So that's what that looks like. That's where we're headed. And that's enough for today. If you're watching by video, if you're watching on television, thank you very much. We'll get back into this subject next week. We hope you make it back for us then. We're going to go ahead and close with prayer. If you need anything, you can call us, email us, write us. We'll see whatever we can do for you. But we're going to go ahead and close tonight in prayer.